Let us pray. Heavenly Father, once again we come before you asking that you would be with us, bless and strengthen us for the worship that is before us. We thank you that you are the sovereign God of heaven and earth and that you uphold all things by the word of your power. We do ask that you would be with those that rule over us, that we might be blessed to ever lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And again, we would pray for those who have gone through the fires, lost their properties, many lost loved ones, some among us know what it is to lose everything in a fire. We thank you that you watch over us and keep us and sustain us by your power. We long for the day when we shall not only be with you in glory in our spirits but when our bodies will be raised from the dead and we will be with you in all fullness we will be satisfied we will be content We will be holy in the fullest sense of the word. We will not have to put up with sin. In every part of our being, will be in tune in praise and adoration unto you and thy darling Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Through the full operation of thy Holy Spirit, we will stand before you without blame. Blameless. Unreprovable. And we say those words, our Father, but we cannot begin to comprehend what they really mean. Sometimes we think we do, but I'm persuaded that we really don't, even when we think we do. Don't know how to put it in words. I do thank you for the great high priest who is making intercessions for us and takes our trifling, stumbling prayers and and offers them and brings them before you in a way that is pleasing in your sight.
help us to be engaged in prayer as much as we know. I feel confident and believe, at least for myself, that I know more about prayer than I do. I know that I'm weak in many ways. And Paul made the statement that when he was weak, you were strong. And the only way I know how to begin to maybe comprehend it is the fact that if it is not and were not for your grace and power keeping me, I would have gone by the wayside a long time ago. And it is in my weakness that your power has been on display to keep me unto this hour. Be with faithful men who stand to proclaim the truth as it is in Christ Jesus. Pray that you would raise up others. And for ministers as well as members that presently come to mind that I will not mention that needs to repent. I would ask my Father that you would move mightily upon them and cause them to be broken and restored. as only you can do. Now, again, we ask that you would be with us as we continue in this worship. And it is in Christ we pray. Amen. <clears throat> we come back to First John chapter 3 and I believe we'll finish that this morning by the way while I think of it uh, brother John Horner came through his surgery fine for the gallbladder surgery and uh, doing so good probably he's preaching today so for that we're thankful and, and I failed to mention last Lord's Day uh, I believe uh, Sister Rebecca used to be guest, Brother Zach, Sister Judy's daughter. Last name is Jewett now, I believe. Anyway, she had the same type of surgery, uh, gallbladder surgery uh, that Brother John had, and she's doing fairly well, though uh, she's going to have to have some more tests run maybe on her on her heart. But anyway, uh, uh, she came through the surgery well, too. 1 John chapter 3, we were looking at verse 22 when we closed out last Lord's Day. And uh, what I would like to do is Well, I don't know exactly where 
I guess I'll start at verse 14 and read, read to through the end of the chapter to bring the context together. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whoso hateth his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive or know we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but indeed in, in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. For, our heart, for if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. And He that keepeth His commandments dwelleth in Him and He in Him. That is, who will keep the commandments of God dwells in God and God dwells in Him. And thereby we know that He abideth in us by the Spirit which He hath given us. So here again you see the assurance, uh, prayer, the confidence in prayer. And what we did last Lord's Day afternoon, we looked at several passages in the Old Testament as well as the New, to encourage us to pray. As I said uh, in my prayer a few moments ago, uh, I, I believe that I know more about prayer than I practice. There's a lot of things I know that I ought to do and a lot of ways I know that I need to pray that I don't. That's what I mean by that. You know, I, I, it's not that I don't pray, but uh, I'm confident that uh, my prayer life could increase, that I could need to grow in that. Uh, living alone. Uh, I don't always do a lot of praying out loud. Though I do believe that uh, there is much benefit in praying out loud, but I'm not going to get off into all of that. Uh, a lot of my praying is just uh, uh, speaking to God in my mind and in my heart. If you read through the Psalms, you'll find that oftentimes David uh, spoke to God in his heart and, and things of that nature. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> but I believe that, and I hope I'm not being superstitious in this, because I know that God knows regardless of one way or the other, but I do believe that uh, I probably ought to uh, pray more out loud. <laughs> and uh, uh, But uh, I still continue to wor I've wrestled with that over the years, and uh, sometimes I wonder uh, if I'm really praying or just talking to myself. You know, you could be 
You can be talking out loud and still just talking to yourself because uh, sometimes I go through the house talking to myself <laughs> and I'm talking out loud and I, I know I'm talking to myself. I'm not talking to God. and uh, So <clears throat> uh, that doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, people say, well, if you're talking to yourself, you must be crazy. Well, if that's the case, then David was crazy when he said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? David talked to himself. David said, Hope thou in God. And in one place, in, it said that David in, encouraged himself in the Lord and things of that nature. But I do believe that in the midst of it all, whether we pray are praying as we ought or not, God's people are a praying people. And here in this 22nd verse, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Now notice, prayer is in direct harmony and vitally linked to obedience. Oftentimes people say, well, uh, God answers prayer. And that's true. God does answer prayer. But God doesn't answer all prayers. Uh, that is in the way that we would desire. <clears throat> As, and I believe rightly so, uh, it has been said that God really answers all prayers. He either says yes or no, and no is an answer. If He doesn't give us what we desire, uh, that's, that's His prerogative, and that's for our benefit, whether we ever understand it or see it or not. But the thing that is involved here, when it says, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. The concept here of keeping the commandments and doing those things is what we have seen all along through John. It's a continual, habitual lifestyle. It's not that you've sometimes done what he says, but the overall uh, practice, the overall activity in your life, if you are a Christian, is that you are doing what God would have you to do, and you are keeping the commandments of the Lord. You remember, I believe it is Psalm 66. I'll turn back there and tell you the verse when I get there. I should know it. I can quote it, but I want to Yes, Psalm sixty six eighteen. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I am going to fill my thoughts and engage my activities
with iniquitous things, that is, if my lifestyle, overall lifestyle, is involved in iniquitous practices, and in my heart is filled with the things of iniquity, I don't have any right to think that God will hear my cries. Notice what the verse said. It did not say, if I practice outwardly iniquity. It says, if I regard it in my heart. You see, God looks on the heart. How often have you taken time to examine your heart? Not what you do. Not what you say. But what you think. What do you think about as you go about the day? Obviously, you probably have to do a little cooking. Maybe take a bath. <laughs> Those, some of us don't always take a bath every day or things of that nature. And some of us, the older we get, the uh, sometimes the more we slack off on some of that. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, we're not outside working like we used to, and it, that 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 makes a difference in it all. But I'm kind of a little mixing a little humor in that too. But the thing that I want to point out that there are things that, as we live in this world, we have to. Uh, Put our minds to. I would not recommend being uh, so occupied in prayer as you're driving a vehicle down the road that you don't know what's going on around you uh, with manipulating the vehicle. I've used the illustration of myself. Uh, years ago, uh, I went to visit someone in the hospital and uh, I went there to cheer them up and I left being cheered up and just rejoicing and driving down the street, uh, rejoicing in the Lord and wasn't paying attention and ran a red light and caused a wreck. It was my fault. Uh, I wasn't paying attention. Well, if I was going to re rejoice like that, I needed to pull over on the side of the road and stop. You know, you uh, we have to. We say, well, uh, if we're if we're putting God first and rejoicing in Him, He'll take care of us. Well. <laughs> There's some common sense that has to be uh, mixed in with all of that. But still, we see that John is saying here, whatsoever we ask, that is, as we are constantly asking. This is in the uh, present tense. 
we receive of Him because we are keeping on, we are constantly keeping His commandments and we are constantly doing those things that are pleasing in His sight. I don't mean constantly in the fact that we do it every minute, but it's a continual basis. It's a habitual lifestyle. Now, the keeping of the commandments is not the meritorious cause of the answer to prayer. It is true that uh, prayer comes through the keeping of the commandments, but it's not because we keep the commandments that God answers the prayer. Our prayers are still answered by the grace of God. We need to constantly keep that in mind. You say, well... If, if we don't pray, uh, we don't get. James tells us that. That's uh, not a quite direct quote. And obviously we should ask in order to receive. And we have not because we ask not. All of that works together in the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man, and I'm not smart enough to put in a line of demarcation to explain how all of that works together. All I know is it does. I'm not smart enough to explain how some flour and salt and milk and uh, uh, baking soda and whatever else you might put in there together, uh, eggs, I guess. Uh, what I, I'm not smart enough to tell you how all of that works together to make a good biscuit. But if you know what to do, you can make a good biscuit. I don't have biscuits down in Pat. I mean, in... Uh, pretty good, but uh, I usually make a good pan of cornbread, and uh, uh, it's good and brown on both sides, and usually pretty fluffy. So uh, I've kind of got that down, but I still use uh, the recipe on uh, Martha White's <laughs> cornbread mix. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I don't know, you know, I just know you put all that together, and it, and it comes out to be what it is. But how it all intermingles together, I guess a good chemist could come up with some formula. But uh, I don't have to understand to know that it does. And I know God's sovereign and I know we're responsible. And I just preach both and leave that in God's hand as to how it works together. You know, Joseph told his brethren, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. So, God was in the same it that the sinful brothers were in. You say, well, explain that. I, 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 I just, I can't explain it. I just preach it. But it's not our keeping the commandments that God. That's that's the, not the meritorious cause of the answer to prayer. We are to do what God, what pleases God. This word for please in verse 22, and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. The Greek word that is used here is only used four times in the New Testament. Uh, 
So let's just look at those other three times to maybe give you a better idea of of what God would have us to know. First of all, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8. I really don't think uh, it'll be that much more enlightening, but hopefully it'll help. John eight twenty nine, And He that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. This is the same word. Jesus said, I always do those things that please Him. And we are to likewise please our Heavenly Father as we pray. Acts chapter 6 Verse 2, Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. The Word is reason. In other words, it's not pleasing to God for those apostles to be doing work that other people could do. In other words, it's not pleasing. It was pleasing to God for the congregation to have deacons. If so be the congregation is large enough for it. Ideally, it would be. But there are congregations that are not always ideal. And then Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Let's start at verse 1. Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the, of the church or the that is, the congregation at Jerusalem. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it, there it is, pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. So here's the word that we do those things that please him. We do those things that are agreeable to God. Being the sinners that we are, we have to be careful with what I'm about to say. But at the same time, we need to be mindful that what we're doing, we're actually pleasing God. The reason I say we need to be careful because sometimes, you know, with our flesh, we might get haughty and high-minded and think more of ourselves than we ought to think and think less of others. Well, I'm pleasing God and they're not and things of that nature. We, uh, we surely don't want to get into that. But we do need to be consciously aware that I'm I'm I'm, ple- I'm doing what God would have me to do. I'm pleasing God, and that's not being 
haughty or high-minded, though we could be haughty and high-minded by doing that, but we need to do that in, in such a way to know that by the grace of God, I'm pleasing Him. I know I'm doing what is pleasing to Him. Now notice the context of 1 John 3 that we read. What's it talking about? It's talking about loving our brethren. And how do I know that I'm loving my brother? Is when I see that he has need and I give of myself to him. I know I'm doing what God would have me to do. We don't, we don't have to say, well, I wonder if God would have me to do this or do that. Uh, I don't have to wonder if I'm loving my brother, if I'm doing right or wrong. I know I'm doing right. And therefore, I have confidence that I'm pleasing God and I'm doing the commandments of God and God hears my prayer. Beloved, uh, John wants you, or, well, God wants you, because uh, He inspired John to write it. God desires for you to have assurance in your prayer life. You know, so often we pray and we don't know whether it's God's will or not and we say, if it be thy will. Well, you know what you're doing when you pray that way? You're praying God's will because you're saying, God, I want what you want. I want your will to be done. I might not like it <laughs> at first. My flesh might not like it. But deep down inside, that's what I want. Because we do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Now this word sight is used almost a hundred times in the New Testament. But I want to look at just the first five times that it's used. And I, that'll give you an idea of what's taking place. And all of them is in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Verse 6. And they were both righteous before God and walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. There you can see. They were before the they were walking before the Lord, righteous before the Lord. Verse 15. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. Talking about John. Verse 17. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. But he shall go before him. That is, John shall go before the Lord, or in, in the sight of the Lord. Verse 19, And the angel answering and said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. That's this word for sight, presence of God. And then lastly, verse 75, where he said, In holiness and righteousness before Him, that is, before God, all the days of our life. life. So you're, you're doing something in the sight of in the presence of, 
or before the Lord. Biblical praying or scriptural prayer is asking those things that are agreeable to the will of God as we keep the commandments of God and do those things He requires. Biblical prayer. I want to read that again. Biblical praying or scriptural prayer, whatever you, how you everyone put that, is asking for those things that are agreeable to the will of God as we keep the commandments of God and do those things that He requires. That's what verse 22 is saying. Chapter 5 of 1 John and verse 14 confirms this. And this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Kenneth Wiest said of this verse, the prerequisites for answered prayer are an uncondemning heart, the habitual keeping of God's commandments, and the habitual doing of those things which please Him. I thought that was a, a, a good, rounded, well-balanced sentence. The prerequisites for answered prayer are the un, are an uncondemning heart, the habitual keeping of God's commandments, and the habitual doing of those things which please Him. Now we need to realize when it talks about asking and keeping the commandments and doing what uh, he tells us to do, that these are not three independent things or acts. That is, the asking, the uh, keeping the commandments, and doing what pleased God, these are not three individual things. These three things are all connected and interwoven together. In other words, as you are asking, you are also keeping the commandments and doing what pleases God. You see, it's not well, I've got to do this and this and this. No, all three of these things are working together. Working together. In other words, our asking and receiving come together at the same time in conjunction with keeping the commandments of God and doing the things that God requires and that please Him. It's all working together. This is the same Spirit that Jesus had. Same spirit that Jesus had. John eight twenty nine. I've got to hurry up or I won't even get through with this all of this this morning. 
that I'm determined I'm going to by the grace of God. John 8, 29, which we've already read where Jesus said in the last part of it, for I do always those things that please Him. And then in John uh, 4, verse 34, Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me and to finish His work. Keep His commandments, the commandments of God, Notice this. Verse 23. And this is the commandment of God that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. Now, we don't have any trouble saying that God commands us to love one another, do we? We shouldn't have any problem with what it says here. God commands us to believe on Christ. Believing on Christ is not an option. It's a commandment. Believing on Christ is a commandment. We are commanded You say, well, I thought if we had faith that uh, we would automatically believe. Well, uh, I believe both. There again, God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. But we're commanded to believe. It's not an option. It's not, well, I can just believe if I want to. If I'm a child of God, then I can. I don't have to believe in Christ. I'm still going to heaven it doesn't matter whether I keep His commandments. No, if we are a child of God, we're commanded to believe on Him and we're commanded to keep His commandments. Yeah, yeah. I heard recently somebody said, well, uh, I, I, I know so-and-so. He's a good old boy and and I think I think he's by the fact that he's just a good old boy and what he does shows he's a good old boy and I believe he's saved because of that. Thankfully, the preacher told him, said, no, that just shows he's a good old boy. Just because a man's a good old boy doesn't mean he's saved. It just means he's a good old boy. If he's not believing on Christ and keeping the commandments, He's not dwelling in God and God's not dwelling in Him. Notice what it says. And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of the Son of God, uh, of His Son Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. He that keepeth His commandments, he that is constantly keeping the commandments, dwells in God and God in Him. He, and hereby... By this, by what? By keeping the commandments, by believing on Christ, we know that God abides in us by the Spirit which He hath given us. And if we're not keeping the commandments, and we're not abiding in Christ, and Christ abiding in us, and so on and so forth, we don't know that we have the Spirit of God. It's all working together. It's all working together. You know the passage very well. We'll turn there and read it. 
also in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verses 4 through 7. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Jesus always did those things that pleased the Father. Therefore, He knew that the Father heard and answered His prayers. I'm not going to take the time to look at them, but I'm going to give you the verses of Scripture to show this. John, and they're all in the Gospel of John. John chapter 4, verse 34. John 5.30 John 6.38 John 8.29 John 11 verses 41 and 42 John 14.31 and John 15.10 And likewise, we know that God hears our prayers as we always do those things that please Him. I think John made it pretty plain. John makes it pretty plain. And if we're not doing that, we don't know if one is a child of grace or not. And we can't say that they are. Well, much more could be said, but Lord willing, we'll go into chapter 4 this afternoon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to take these things seriously and not for granted. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen.